accept your word. Silence us, silent in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 121. Please listen to God's word. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Let's speak. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel of John. We're taking a break from the gospel of Matthew for a couple of weeks here. It comes from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I to the hills will lift my eyes from whence shall come. 
Surely today's hero Nicodemus knew those words of Psalm 121 by heart. As a good Jewish man and as a Pharisee, he would have been reciting it from a very young age. He was a well-educated, well-respected part of the community. Often this deep knowledge of scripture that others didn't have made the Pharisees a bit haughty or snobbish. But there was a humility in Jesus' secret follower Nicodemus that we don't see in the actions and the questions of most of the other Pharisees in the Gospels. He has a willingness to keep learning. He has an openness to come and find Jesus when he hears about his miracles and his teachings. Perhaps in his memorizing and reciting and soaking in the words of Psalm 121, Nicodemus had really internalized a humble dependence on God, just like that the psalmist expresses in that psalm. A humility that is willing to let God be God. A humility that is willing to keep seeking, even when he already seems to know everything there is to know about God's word. How often are we so confident that God is in control, that we're willing to not only entertain a conversation with someone who is saying things we don't understand or agree with, but to seek them out with a willingness to learn from them. Nicodemus came to Jesus not to trap him into a corner with his questions like the other Pharisees did. He didn't come to him to show off how smart he was, how well he knew scripture. He came in the middle of the night. He didn't come expecting Jesus or expecting to teach Jesus the right way to love and to seek God. He came to ask, he came to learn. He came trusting that God was in control. So he didn't have to be. God will not let your foot be moved. Your guardian never sleeps. God's watchful and non-slumbering care protects and safely keeps. Weaving together stories that happen at dark and at noon. We'll get to noon next week. That's your stay tuned. John highlights the saving power of God at both day and night. John loves to write about the dark and the light, day and night, and the difference between the two. And one of the beautiful things that John does with this passage is that Nicodemus comes in the cover of night, but what he finds there, what he is confronted with, is the blinding light of the gospel. We need God no matter what it's like outside, noon or night. And different people come to God at different times of day. Nicodemus comes at night. The woman we will meet in next week's passage comes at noon. Some come early in life, others later. But God never sleeps. God always protects. God is always in control. And God is always ready to welcome us and to guide us on the journey no matter when we approach. Your faithful keeper is the Lord, your shelter and your shade. Neath sun or moon by day or night, you shall not be afraid. 
Nicodemus has the humility to allow God to continue leading him, even in ways that could have gotten him into a bit of trouble. There is a reason Nicodemus came at night to Jesus. Remember that Jesus was not a popular guy with the religious and political leaders of his time. Psalm 121 comes from a section of psalms, often called the Psalms of Ascent. This was a section of psalms that were thought to have been specifically sung when entering Jerusalem on pilgrimage. Many of the most popular psalms, including this one, are found in this section of the Psalter. And I think it's this emphasis on how God guides us through life's journey that makes them so comforting and so popular. Not only has Nicodemus learned to allow God to be in control, or at least to desire God's control, I'm not sure any of us are ever really able to release full control to God in this lifetime. He has internalized the idea of life being a journey. Some people are at the beginning of the journey and others are nearing the end, but we are all on a pilgrimage of sorts in our lives. From evil God will keep you safe, provide for all you story of Nicodemus, we come to a section of scripture that most people around us have heard at least once or twice. Even many non-Christians can quote it. But so often John 3.16 is pulled out of its context. It's separated from this story that it follows and from the rest of the text that follows it. How many people can recite John 3.16 but wouldn't be able to tell who Nicodemus is? And that's not to say that John 3.16 isn't a powerful verse. In fact, quite the opposite. When we remember Nicodemus stealing away in the middle of the night to seek Jesus in spite of what his peers would have thought of a Pharisee meeting with the rebellious young teacher, we approach what follows with a humble and an open heart, and it becomes infinitely more powerful. Believes is not a great translation from the Greek into English, to be perfectly honest, but it's about the best that we can do because we have a limited vocabulary in English when it comes to faith, trust, and belief. The word that we usually translate into English as believes is actually a Greek verb form of the noun faith. We don't have a verb form of the noun faith in English. Trust or believe are about as close as we can come. And even have faith is more passive than the Greek verb suggests. It's not as active as John is getting at here. The Greek word is sort of an action-packed way of saying whoever faiths in Jesus. Nicodemus faiths. He faiths humbly and wholeheartedly in the middle of the night. Faith is more than praying a magical prayer once and for all. If you've ever given birth or been with someone giving birth, you know what a process it is. It's not just one quick moment and then it's done. 
There are months and months of preparation a mother's body and a baby's body go through to prepare for birth. Some babies are born when they're expected and some are born late. Some babies are born quickly. Some babies take their sweet time. Some babies, I know for personal experience, show up quite a bit earlier than they are expected. And I also know from experience, as many of you might, that babies are not born knowing a whole lot. They are completely and utterly helpless. They have a great deal of learning and growing to do. They aren't just born into a completed state. They are born into a life. And that life takes work. It takes work on the part of the one who was born. It takes work on the part of the parents. Am I right, Mary? <laughs> it takes work on the part of the rest of the family, on their teachers, and on so many more. And in the spiritual life, that work is called faith. The phrase born again leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths these days because of the ways it has been misused and taken out of context and even sometimes used as an insult. But when we look at the whole story that John tells of Jesus and of Nicodemus, we can reclaim that idea for what it really is. It is a journey. It is a journey of hard work. It is a journey of faithing. For God so loved creation wide, he sent his only Son, that whosoever would have faith in him should be his own. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark. Not just the physical dark, but the spiritual dark of not having been really born yet. Just like a baby in its mother's womb before birth, Nicodemus has a limited view of what's really happening around him in the world. He can't truly see the gospel or the kingdom of God around him. And we, like Nicodemus, are called by Jesus to come out of dark of night and search for God. We are welcomed into the process of being born. Not born like we were when we came into the physical world we see ourselves in now, but born as in ushered out of the night into the light of the saving gospel. Into the saving news that Jesus Christ came so that we might all humbly wear the title of God's beloved we are set on the journey. We are entered into the process of becoming who we were born to be. That we should perish nevermore, but live eternally. No condemnation does he bring, but saves the world of Perhaps you had your first encounter with Jesus many years ago. I won't tell you how many years ago it was for me, but it was many. It was so many years ago, I don't actually remember consciously starting down the road. Perhaps it was much more recently that you first encountered Christ and started this journey. Either way, you're not done yet because you're still sitting here on this side of creation. And maybe you have been searching for a bright, magical, aha moment that you just haven't had yet. That's frustrating. 
And if that's the case for you, keep faithing. You're already on the road. The fact that you're here, that you are seeking God this morning, means that you've already started down the road. For many of us, the beginning of the journey is simply the moment we go out into the night seeking answers to our questions like Nicodemus did so many years ago. Like Nicodemus, we are not called to an instant, but to a lifetime of faithing. And it's easy to lose our way or get stuck spinning our tires in the mud when we're doing the hard work of faith and when we're seeking God. It's easy to just fall into a holding pattern. It's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that we're saved. So that's that, and we can go on with our lives as normal. To fall into the trap that so many of the Pharisees did in Nicodemus's time, to think that they already knew what they needed to know. And so we need this yearly Lenten reminder of the fact that we're not done growing. We're not done being reborn until we have passed from this part of creation to abiding in the presence of God eternally. We need to remember that we are not born into fullness in physical life, and neither are we born completed spiritual works when we first encounter Jesus. We need to internalize the words of Psalm 121 that speak of our dependence on God as we travel on our way as pilgrims seeking God's kingdom. I to the hills will lift my eyes, from whence shall come my aid. My help is from the Lord above, who heaven and earth has saved. May blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.